Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. Welcome to Turning Point. In today's world of disposable products and short attention spans, it's hard to grasp the meaning of eternity. In fact, you can only understand it through Jesus. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah begins a new series to help you know Christ more intimately, the Jesus you may not know. Listen as David introduces the first message of the series, Is He from History or from Eternity? Well, friends, thank you for joining us here uh, for the first day of the new month, month of May. And as all of the rest of you, uh, we're working through this uh, environment in which we find ourselves. And every day we believe God is at work in our lives. I'm sure he is in yours as well. We pray for you. We care about you. And the best thing we can do is to keep communicating God's truth in the midst of each and every broadcast. So today, we couldn't be starting a better series for the uh, situation we find ourselves in. Today, we're going to talk about the Jesus you may not know. And the series comes from a brand new book that I wrote this year, and it's just been released. I have a copy of it in my hand. I have to tell you, it's a Donna book because it's purple. That's her favorite color. And when I showed this book to her, she says, yes. So the book and the study guide have a beautiful purple cover, uh, and you will love the cover, but you'll also love the content. Because a couple years ago, I wrote a book called The God You May Not Know, and we talked about the attributes of God. I wanted to do this book on Jesus because I realized there's a lot of things about the Lord Jesus that people do not know, even people who have been Christians for a long time. And some of the things you may not know are things you need to know, especially right now. So we're going to begin today with the first of um, two discussions on, is he from history or from eternity? And I'm going to give you a little clue to this study and its titles. Every title is a question, and every title ends with one or two words, either both or yes. Is he from history or from eternity? Yes. Is he from the Old Testament or the New Testament? Yes. Uh, Just a little different way of introducing the subject, and I hope it will stick in your mind. Now, during the month of May, because we're in this series, this is really coordinated, and it's really, you know, together. So if you want to really get the most out of this series, here's what you can do. Make sure you take a moment and send a gift to Turning Point for the month of May, and it's a cost of airtime and uh, production. As you can well imagine, it's important that any of you who can do what you can during these days to keep this going until we can get totally back on our feet. When you send this gift, we want to send you this beautiful hardback book. Uh, This book is uh, 245 pages, 250 pages, and it's filled with truth about Jesus Christ and who he is and maybe what you may not know about him, that when you know will be a blessing in your life. 
So be sure to ask for the book when you send your gift to Turning Point today. Simply say, send me the book, The Jesus You May Not Know. We have them in the warehouse. They're ready to be shipped. We'd love for you to have a copy of it. Thank you for your investment in Turning Point. Now, let's open our Bibles, open our hearts, and um, let's find out, is he from history or from eternity? Today, I want to talk with you about one word, and I want you to repeat the word after me. The word is eternity. We talk about it a lot, but it's pretty evident to me as I study this again that it's something we don't really know a lot about. I want to tell you about the eternal Indian who stands on the banks of Rock River overlooking the city of Oregon, Illinois. Its creator, Loredo Taft, began working on it in 1908 by creating models, and then three years later, when the statue was dedicated, people marveled at its size. It seemed to grow out of the ground and tower majestically from the top of the bluff where it is stationed. It's one of the largest monolithic statues in the world. The Eternal Indian was inspired by the Sauk leader Black Hawk, and the statue's folded arms and massive robe and determined eyes are designed to convey the unconquerable spirit of Native Americans. But here's the problem. The Eternal Indian is crumbling. Hundreds of thousands of dollars have been raised in an effort to restore this 108-year-old image, including a grant from the Illinois legislature. Visitors often find the monument covered with tarps or scaffolding. They can't see it because it's being repaired. Past efforts to restore Illinois' crumbling eternal Indian have fallen apart. Recently, the paper quoted a local resident and restoration advocate who said, It's a faith thing. We're all hoping for the best, but we have no firm guarantees, and I think everybody's a little antsy about that. The eternal Indian who's crumbling. Hardly anything's eternal. In fact, I remember I said, Anything that lasts 50 years should be celebrated, because that's a long time for anything in this world in which we live. And eternal things just don't exist in the world in which you and I navigate. Nothing in this world is eternal, and given enough time, everything crumbles and returns to dust. And that's why you and I live in an antsy world, isn't it? We see around us the things that we used to think were immovable, and they're gone. Nothing like going back to a place where you were 50 years ago to start a church, to have that emblazoned across your heart. Nothing that was there when I was there, hardly anything is there except a few of the original buildings. And unfortunately for us today, the word eternal, and especially the word eternity, has lost its meaning. I discovered that eternity has been the name of at least three different movies, two different television series, eight different music albums, and eight different songs. Eternity is the name of a perfume, a mobile phone, a puzzle game, a superhero, Kid Eternity, a Christian magazine, a newspaper, a science fiction magazine. It's ironic that a word that means forever has been given as the name for so many things that don't last very long. And eternity is a time thing for us, but eternity is not time. Eternity is beyond time. 
We don't understand eternity because we have no precedent. Don and I were talking about it at home, and we were talking about how hard it is to wrap our minds around something that never began and never ends, something that has no beginning and no end, but that's what eternity is. Well, we try. We try to understand it. We come up with little stories that help us comprehend how long is eternity. Here's one that I remember. Imagine a little bird taking a grain of sand and flying to a distant planet. It would take him a million years to get to that planet. Then he would drop the grain of sand, and the little bird would fly back to the earth, taking another million years to get home. He gets another grain of sand and flies back to the distant planet, back and forth, back and forth he goes. And when he will have transplanted every speck of earth to that distant planet, it will only be breakfast time in eternity. (laughs) That's how hard it is to comprehend it. We need crazy little stories like that to even get our mind in the middle of it. You live in a world which, given enough time, everything crumbles and nobody remembers us and life is ultimately meaningless and absurd. And if you don't understand what God has given to you in His Word to give meaning to this life, it's very difficult to make it all the way through. Because in Jesus Christ alone, is it possible for us to discover the meaning of eternity? And I want to explore that meaning with you for a few moments in three areas of life. I want to talk about eternity in history, eternity in your heart, and eternity in heaven. First of all, eternity in history. Let's begin. In many respects, the idea of associating history with eternity is absurd. Eternity is, you see, one of the great mysteries of the universe, one of the great mysteries of God. Eternity is the attribute of infinity in relationship to time. It means that the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have always existed. The past, present, and future, as we know it, are eternally present in the mind of God. God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, live in the eternal present. We see life through three different lenses. I just went back and reviewed something from my past. I look forward to some things we're going to do this year. That's future. And here we are today in the present. But when God looks at life, He doesn't see them that way. He sees everything in the eternal now. Everything is now to God. Everything is now to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a mystery, and it is difficult to get our minds around it. And it stretches us, does it not? It reminds me of that powerful thought that if the God you worship is small enough for you to understand, he's not big enough for you to worship. I don't understand all of this. I learn everything I can from the revelation of the Scripture, but when I've learned all I can learn about God, there's still so much more about God that I cannot know. One day I will know, but I don't know now. So what that means for you and for me is that since Jesus is God, and since he has no beginning and no end, and he has existed ages before he came into the world to be our Savior, when the prophet Micah predicted that Jesus would come to be our Savior, did you listen to his words? Listen to how he described it. He said, out of you shall come forth to me the one who is to be ruler in Israel. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. In other words, Jesus Christ is coming to be the ruler of Israel, but he's been around forever. 
He's never had a beginning. One day Jesus was talking to some of his friends and he stunned them. They never did get over this. They were talking about Abraham and David and all of that. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, here's Jesus, 30 years old, saying that he knew Abraham, almost like Abraham and I were buddies. Jesus didn't say, before Abraham was, I was. He said, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, Abraham had history. Jesus doesn't have any. He is forever. And the Bible tells us, men and women, that Jesus in his eternity is the creator of this world. I know you know that the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But God tells us in his word that, yes, it was God who did it, but was the second person of the Trinity who was the executor of creation. Here's what the Bible says. All things were made by him, by Jesus, and without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. That's what the scripture means. Colossians 1.16 says, By Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. And Hebrews makes it very clear God has in these last days spoken to us by his son, who is that, Jesus, by whom he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he made all the worlds. Stop and think about this. The baby born in Bethlehem was here when the world was created and actually created the world as we see it today. Jesus Christ, the creator of the world. Well, you say, how does that affect me? Well, listen up. The Bible says that you and I were chosen in Christ before the world began. Ephesians 1, 4 says, He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. What that means, men and women, is since we are in Christ before the foundation of the world, we have been loved by Christ for a lot longer than you may think. We have been loved by Christ throughout eternity. Jeremiah 31 3 says it this way. Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love Sometimes we think Jesus only loves us if we do good things You know, we sometimes pick that up along the way in our culture. If you be good God will love you If you be bad, he won't But that's nothing to do with God's love for us The scripture tells us that long before the world was long before there was a creation long before Abraham Jesus loved us that he loves you. I remember reading that Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, was asked what he believed to be the greatest challenge we face as Christ followers. And without a moment's hesitation, he said, every Christian I meet cannot quite believe that they are loved by God. One of the great problems people have is accepting the fact that Almighty God loves them. Maybe you're like that. Maybe you don't believe Jesus loves you at all. Or maybe you only know a Jesus who loves you in varying degrees. Or maybe you're on the performance track where you think he loves you on the basis of what you do. But hear me, if you don't get anything else, get this. God, through Jesus Christ, has loved you before the foundation of the world. Before you could do anything, good or bad, you were loved by God. That means he doesn't love us because of who we are. He doesn't love us because of what we've done. He loves us because of who he is. When we succeed, he says, I love you. When we fail, he says, I love you. Because 
He is love. There is nothing you can ever do to make him stop loving you, and there's not anything you can ever do to make him love you more than he already does. Because his love is eternal. It's a part of who he is as God, and it's always been true. Everything you have ever done or thought, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, was in the future when God set his love upon you. He loves you, my friends, like you cannot imagine. Will you say, I don't feel loved? Let me tell you with authority, that is not God's problem. We cannot blame God for our feelings. God has told us the truth. He loves us. Believe it. Eternity in history, God loves you. Here's the second thought. Eternity in your heart. This is really an amazing thought. Hold this because it's important to this. He's loved us forever. Then he set about creating us. And he created us, men and women, with eternity in our hearts. He created us literally so that all of us were made for him. It should say on us, made for God. Because every one of us have been created for his pleasure. And the Bible tells us that when God created us, he left a space within us, a space that only he can occupy. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, we read these words, God has put eternity in our hearts. That means that every one of us has a hunger and a longing for God, even if we don't know it. That even when we might be rebelling against God, saying, I won't have him to rule over me, there's still this empty place in our hearts, and God is the only one who can fill that. One of the challenges we have in our culture is we try to fill that with everything else, don't we? We try to find meaning through riches or relationships or pride or money or sex or drugs or whatever. Everything we stuff into that space doesn't fit because that space was made for God. He created eternity in our hearts. I reviewed a book that I had read many years ago by Don Richardson, and the title of the book is Eternity in Their Hearts. And this book is about missions and how missionaries would go to these foreign lands like Papua New Guinea where no one had ever been before. And yet, without any witness from any person, they would discover in the minds and hearts of these people that they had some kind of lingering hunger after God, and they were trying to find out who he was. They would search, they would go, they would build their own idols. Somehow, even in the pagans who did not ever have a witness from God, there was the evidence that God had put eternity in their hearts. And then a missionary would come, connect the dots between God's love and that person. And oftentimes, whole civilizations would be changed and churches would grow. God has put every one of us in a place of knowing God if we want to, He's built this place in us that's specifically for him. And if you do not know that, if you do not accept it, it doesn't go away. It will continue to be there. And do you know that even after we become Christians, there's still a bit of that within us? The Bible says that all creation is groaning, waiting for the day of redemption. What that means is that in this world in which you and I live, we can have the joy of knowing Jesus Christ in a personal way, but we were not built for this world, and this world was not built for us. 
we were built for eternity. Until we get there, we're not going to have that wonderful feeling that everything is right. I think when we get to heaven, the first thing we're going to do is say, oh, man, this is what I've been looking for. (laughs) Because even as Christians, Romans tells us that we have a hunger in our heart for something more. Have you ever noticed that when you start out in life and you have these goals and you get there and you realize it's not enough? I remember we started our church. My goal was someday maybe to have a church that had a thousand people in it. When I got to a thousand, I just knew so many people that had five thousand. And I don't care what you do, there's always somebody bigger. And I finally settled it once and for all. I went to India where there was 200,000 people in church. I've given up that game. I'm here to do what God wants me to do, however many people He sends me. Amen? But isn't that true? I have a story about guys who won Super Bowl rings. From the time they were in grade school, they wanted to play in college. From when they got in college, they wanted to play in the NFL. And when they were in, they wanted to win the Super Bowl. Do you know that about 15 years after the Super Bowls, this study showed that almost all those rings were gone. They had been sold. They'd been given away. They'd been hocked. They weren't what they were looking for. And I've heard over and over again people who've accomplished great things. They get to the place they hope they could get to, and it didn't fill the emptiness in their heart. You know why? Jesus is the only one who can fill the emptiness in your heart. You can keep trying if you want to. It'll be a frustrating existence if that's what you do. So eternity is in our hearts. In fact, St. Augustine once wrote it this way. He said, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they learn to rest in thee. So what is eternal life? John 17, 3 says it this way. This is Jesus' definition of eternal life. Listen carefully. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What did Jesus mean by eternal life? Let me tell you a story. I don't know how I got fixed on this, but as a young pastor, when I would ever go to do a funeral and go to the cemetery, I started kind of getting there early and walking around and looking at what people put on their tombstone. Turned out to be sort of a little gathering of humor for me over the years, and then people found out about it, and they started sending me all these really crazy epitaphs. I got a whole book full of them, like... Here lies the body of old man Pease, buried neath the flowers and trees. But Pease ain't here, just the pod. Pease shelled out and went to God. There you go. That's on a tombstone someplace. Or this one. Here lies the body of Marianne Brown. At death she weighed 400 pounds. But now in sweet repose she rests in peace and rest on Abram's breast. A little boy came along and saw it, thought it needed another stanza, so he added, it may be sweet for Marianne, but it's really tough on Abraham. (laughs) So I got all these epitaphs. But you know what, folks? The strangest epitaph you'll ever see, and you will see it over and over. You can go to almost any cemetery, and you'll see it more than once. Here's what it says. Born August 1st, 1930. Entered into eternal life, and then there's a date. And the only thing wrong with that is that's not true. You do not enter into eternal life when you die. 
You enter into eternal life when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Jesus said, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. So eternal life is described by one Scottish minister as the life of God in the soul of man. When I accept Jesus Christ and he comes to live in that vacuum that God created in my heart, eternal life begins. And when I die, it just takes a step forward. So I am living today, I have eternal life. We say that on occasion, but we don't really stop to think what it means. You don't get eternal life through death, you get eternal life through faith. When you see Jesus Christ and you receive him as your savior, you become a Christian, the Bible says you have eternal life. Amen, amen. Well, we're talking about the Jesus you may not know in this brand new series which starts today. And I want to introduce you to the man who's rescued me from death and filled me with hope and directed me in the decisions that have shaped my life, employed me in his work, and is currently preparing a new home for me in heaven where I'm going to spend eternity. And uh, the 10 questions that we're going to talk about during this series are 10 things um, that we all need to know. And I'll be honest with you, I've studied the Bible now for half a century. And I learned some things about Jesus during this study that I did not really understand before. I can't wait to share them with you. Uh, We'll be back here on Monday to conclude our discussion of Is He From History or From Eternity? We'll see you then. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The Jesus You May Not Know, please visit our website where we offer two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's new book, The Jesus You May Not Know. It's written to help you reconnect with Christ and rediscover the joy of your salvation and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard Version and New International Version, as well as in Standard or Large Print in the New King James, filled with helpful notes and articles by Dr. Jeremiah. Get the details when you contact us today. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, The Jesus You May Not Know, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the word, and be in prayer. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? 
The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV.